This is the Two Guys Being Dudes podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to uh, Two Guys Being Dudes. This is episode two. I'm uh, Jared Camden, and uh, who we got online over there? Hey, and this is Jason, and uh, just wanted to say hi and what a thrill it is to co-star on this awesome podcast. Co-star? I'm, I'm riding coattails right now. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> nice try, nice try. Let us, uh, we should be the first to wish everybody a happy 4th of July. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, Jared, what, uh, what do you got going on for the 4th? Well, uh, as of now, I don't have any big, big plans. Uh, my, my big thing with the 4th of July, well, I'm actually, I will have people over to my place for Red, White, and Boom. Um, so that, that's going to be awesome. But, but my big thing about the 4th of July is it's Stone Cold Steve Austin weekend. If I usually drink five beers... I'm automatically multiplying to think I can drink 10. I think every guy gets in the mindset of Stone Cold Steve Austin this weekend. You just cannot just be normal this weekend. No, nobody is aiming for a quiet, peaceful 4th of July. You may say that, but the reality always sets in that you are Stone Cold Steve Austin this weekend. So like crushing on the forehead, banging a beer open? That's not, it's not forehead. You're just clanging beers together. You're spilling. I mean, you're just not going to be the most presentable. You don't want to see your bosses this weekend. Right. Are we going to agree, though, that Stone Cold stole that directly from the Sandman and ECW? Uh, I mean, I think everything's a little stolen. Uh, so I'll, I will admit that. But I think Stone Cold took it to another level. That's just my opinion. He kind of took it to a level where it got into the media. Now everybody, when you're crushing beers like that, you're Stone Cold Steve Austin. And how many beers are going to be smashed together, spilled, and only 50 per, or 25% is going to be drank this weekend? I mean, that's millions of beers. I think in the ratio of if you look on a per-week basis on a calendar year and you try to figure out what is the most spillage accounts for, this has to be in the top three. Oh, it's, it's number one. It has to be. Number I mean, one. This, this is beer cans. It has to be. Wow. Dude, we're celebrating Mer- America and America, dude. You got to think about this. You got to go deeper. What what other holiday would have more spillage? That's a great call. You know, I was thinking for some reason, of course, I was thinking New Year's Eve, right? Lots of and I, I guess if we're just looking at beer, it might be different because New Year's Eve, there's champagne bottles. It's pouring everywhere and it's across the world. Boom, 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 boom. So but if we're talking oh. just America. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be hard to argue with 4th of July. And it's outdoors with 4th of July. So if you spill a beer, I mean, you don't care. It doesn't matter. Everybody's clothes are going to smell like beer this weekend. There's no way around it. And uh, it's just, there's just, no, everything just gets blown around. It gets crazy. All of a sudden, you're playing flip cup. Somebody's going through a table. There's just no governor on this weekend. It is absolute. By the way, as I say this, I can see out to my pool right now. There's like three people in my pool. So maybe Fourth of July was canceled. I don't even know it. So, <laughs> well, it's. Uh, but your uh, what, what what meal would you want, Jason? Like, what's your would you go hot dog or hamburger for Fourth of July? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I'm I'm a weird one, right? Because I I'm all American, so I'm going hot dog. Uh, I have hamburgers a lot, right? So when you're out at a restaurant, hey, I got a fancy burger. I need a quick bite. I got a burger. Um. But I'm a hot dog kind of guy, especially being now back in Chicago. The options are much more plentiful here. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping my host for this weekend did not mention hot dogs on the menu. Uh, he was going to do some smoking of some different meats and some chickens. And it sounds really good. 
but I'm going to try to convince the twins that somebody needs to go out and get me a pack of hot dogs because that's what 4th of July is to me. That sounds like guys being dudes to me. Uh, by the way, that was a that was a trick question. Uh, you take a hamburger bun, then you split the hot dog in half. Put it on, put the hamburger on, a piece of cheese, hot dog, mustard, and ketchup, and that's how you eat it for the Fourth of July. Well, that's so un-American. I don't even know if I want to continue this podcast. To me, <laughs> oh, wait, hot dog. On, you got to put Doritos. Doritos too. Doritos have to go on that sandwich. Right. And that's your typical meal. I mean, I don't think you'd stray much from that, right? No, no, yes. Chicken fingers, kind of. sliced hot dogs, I and don't, hamburger I, this, bun. This, this has to stop. I don't eat chicken fingers anymore. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, salt and vinegar, boneless chicken wings, I believe, is your preference. Okay, I'm guilty. I, I'm, uh, the glove does fit in that one. Cochran couldn't get me off there. No way. <laughs> yeah, so... It, Where it, are you... So it's going to be an interesting time, right? So it's uh, heading over to our good friend Mike's home. Uh, going to hang out with the family. Going to do our first barbecue outdoor activities since we moved to Chicago with the family. We were actually going to go to uh, the racetrack and take the whole family uh, and go see the horses race and the fireworks and all of that. But apparently that's a pretty popular idea here in Chicago and it's been sold out for months. So when you call a couple <laughs> days in advance, the other person just laughs, I believe, at you. So we oh, didn't have a whole shit. lot of chance there. Where do you come out on fireworks? You a fan? I mean, what, what do you think of fireworks? Yeah, yeah, I'm, a, I'm somewhere in the middle, right? I love fireworks. I love the idea of fireworks. Uh, it's, I've seen some horrible, horrible... Uh, injuries based on fireworks and the combination of drunk beer everywhere so uh, i'm not a huge fan of the the big city explosions where you have to stick you know four hundred thousand people downtown to look up in the air for 20 minutes as they play mozart that's not one of my favorite things just because the crowds but uh but i like the home fireworks how about you well first off why are we playing music with fireworks what in the how did these it drives me nuts. These radio stations somehow got involved and they're like, make sure you turn it up. And all of a sudden you're like watching them in a group of people. And some asshole has got WNCI on sound 11. I'm like, I don't want to hear, I, I don't want to hear all this stuff right now. Like Katy Perry's playing. No, like when I, when I see fireworks or hear fireworks, which my big thing is hearing them. I want just that experience. I don't even need to see the fireworks. I like the sound. By the way, let them all off at once. My favorite videos every single year is when some hilljack accidentally sets all the fireworks off at once, and it just looks like Baghdad. I love that. I just wish one year Columbus would be like, you know what? Screw it. We're just setting them all off at once. It's going to be five minutes long. That would keep maybe 100,000 less people from going down there, and it would just be rocking. I always say when we go to war, first thing we should do, you fly over the country, fireworks show. Don't even drop one bomb on them. She's like, you know what? We're so badass. We could just do this for the fun of it. Well, that's, if that was that's, the case. Uh, that's, that, you know, if that's the case, how wars were won, I believe Taiwan would be the most dominant nation in the world, right? So, they well, have, well, no, 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 not how they're won, but you're setting a precedent for how the war is going to go. Where it's like, you know what? We could drop this tomahawk on you, but instead, we're going to give you a little light show to just show you how powerful we are. We're going to entertain you before we bomb you off your house. Okay. It would throw you off a little bit. It would throw you off because, like, oh, here come the American planes again. They're just going to do those cool little heart-shaped, and then all of a sudden, bombs over Baghdad. Hmm. 
Well, that's an interesting strategy. I hadn't thought of that. You know, I, I was, I would assume that, uh, as you get thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that gather around for these events now, and all these fireworks are going off, that would make a perfect opportunity to display, you know, the, the latest in bombing technologies as you take out Columbus with uh, a, a B one bomber, because you thought it was going to be red, white, and boom and Darth Vader. I think you just, I think our podcast is going to get thrown off iTunes for what you just said. Yeah, you got to be careful over there, my, my man. Oh, gee, many Christ. But no, in the long run, fireworks. I am pro the noise. I'm anti the crowd. And the actual firework, uh, it's whatever. I have my favorite one. It's the one that explodes. Then like when it goes all the way out, it like explodes again. I mean, those are money makers. But just don't, just the community vibes and everything like that's great. But it's the damn music. Like they're playing, like I don't want to hear What's the stupid one? The guy put macaroni in his hat and said cowabunga, whatever that song is. Like, just don't play that stuff. Get that out of here. Like, that's so old school. We need to update all that stuff. I, I don't need that. <laughs> Stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. There you go. That's what you want to hear? I don't want to hear that stuff. And now it's going to be stuck in my head for three days. You'd much rather hear Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus as you get a, a flower to display in the air. I'm going I'm to punch someone this week, and I already tell. But uh, speaking of all the uh, fireworks going on, let's get to this uh, hot stove in the NBA, Jason. Okay. Did, did you see any of this coming? Uh, I, I honestly, not at all. Not where they landed, not who was involved. Um, I mean, I, I think we all kind of considered Paul George uh, on an exit in Indiana, uh, yeah. but not landing in Oklahoma. Um, I how about you? Paul George is like that. Paul George is like that really, really attractive woman, but she has like two and a half kids, and you're like, ugh, like ah, uh, you just don't want to take this on, man. You know, it's just nothing's gonna go right. You don't want to do it. He's gonna stick around for a year, and he's gonna get off to L.A. Um, but the the Chris Paul trade, I mean, does Houston have a team anymore? No, no. I, they I, traded. They traded eight players to get this one guy who needs to hold the ball, and James Harden, their best player, needs the ball. So, it, what in the world uh, do you think is a good trade or a bad trade? You know, I, I don't understand it. The, the Chris Paul trade that we're talking about is completely upside down in my book, and I think what you're saying is exactly correct. Because how does Harden? who has the ball more than anyone else in the league have any kind of ability to sync up with Chris Paul, uh, unless what you're hoping to do is take some of the load off of Harden. So he's in better shape because uh, let's face it, that last game, or I guess it was game six uh, where he had like one point and one assist. Uh, I think that was because he was just done, done for the year, done for the season, worn out, but I don't know how this helps at all. Um, and honestly, it's it really wrecked two teams, if you ask me, because all of the stuff they gave up going to the Clippers, the Clippers have nobody now. Uh, they have nobody that's capable of doing anything. So this is the beginning of their real b- rebuilding. And I assume that Chris Paul will be in uh, Houston for two years, maybe a year, maybe two. Yeah. Well, here, here, OK, so but the Clippers today signed Blake Griffin. So Blake Griffin now, that's what they're going to build around, which means they're building around an injury concern. Yeah. So 
but they gave they gave him 173 million. Houston, it, the Warriors are going to win the next four Western Conference Finals. Like Durant's purposely not signing right now, so they can sign more people. Right. Right now, I would be holding on to every asset I have. So why is Houston making this move? We are getting two guys together that. It, there's not once again. I mean, it's the old cliche. There's only one basketball. So Harden's just going to go in the corner. And by the way, that game six where he just didn't do anything. I was betting on that game. James Harden threw that game. James Harden had money on that game. I will go to my deathbed. He completely screwed me on that bet. So I will. I'm always going to be off the the rocket train now. But I'm glad they did this because I I think it's going to make them fall to pieces. They actually had like they traded Patrick Beverly. Yeah. That's their best defender. Like you got those are the guys you need. You don't need, or excuse me, you need top, you need three all, probably four all stars to have any chance against the Warriors. Yeah. But I don't know why you're mortgaging the future and you're just gonna you're gonna get beat in five games against the Warriors. No one came close to the Warriors last year. No, because I mean, look at the Western I mean, Conference. Cleveland's got three all stars, arguably, uh, and you know, and they put up as good as fight. They know the formula to beat them. And honestly, they did a great job. I thought Cleveland put up for what they had, and they won a game. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 tr- I truly believe well, it'll never be understood in the, his- in the annals of history in about 50 years how close the Cavs actually were in that series. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Cavs had game three won. I mean, they just let it go in the last couple minutes there. So, it's yeah, the Cavs were not too far away from being in that series, but everybody else was light years away. And that's that. I do like the move in one sense for Oklahoma City is they had to do something because of the Kevin Durant move. Right. You know, they needed they needed someone else there. But I just don't, once again, I don't understand where you think you're going to get when you're risking everything. Well, none of, the parts, mar- none of their parts change. So you add Paul George. Paul George is not a better player than Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant couldn't beat... Uh, couldn't win the all... Uh, couldn't win the championship with that loaded team previously. I don't think this is going to change. I think what will happen is the Thunder are going to be a solid team out West. I think the West is going to be amazing. And maybe, just maybe, the only way the team from the East puts up any fight in the championship game is that the West beats each other up so much that they come just kind of crawling into the NBA Finals to make it from out West. Because while Golden State is an amazing team, no teams are just going to lay down. I mean, they're going to win it all the way through, but they might get beat up. And injuries, of course. You saw Steph sign for $201 million or something like that, which I think is yep. a great way to go about that. The one move out of all of this that I like is I like Indiana getting picking up uh, Sabonis and Oleodapo. Um I think those are two good, strong pieces. I thought Indiana had a good core last year. Uh, they got a good coach. Uh, so... Maybe they get into ability to be in the playoffs. Um, I got two points. I got, I got two points on this. First off, we're just opening the door even more in the East for my team. Trust the process, baby. <laughs> 76ers are making the playoffs next year. I'm telling you right now, this team is going to be that. They, they already, their season tickets are sold. That team is going to be rocking next year. Mark my words. And number two, we got to we got to get rid of the Eastern and Western conferences. Now, the uh, I saw on ESPN today, of the 14 highest-rated players by whatever, how they rank players on ESPN, 13 are in the West, and LeBron is by himself in the East. Look, the way travel used to be, I understand they were taking trolleys to games and trains across the nation. 
you have got to get rid of this and be like, hey, here's the 16 best teams and just rank them that way and put them in the playoffs. It is it is time to get rid of this whole conference thing. It, it, it just it drives me nuts when one side gets so heavy. I mean, it happened in the NFL back in the day where the NFC was just so powerful. And you knew as soon as they walked in the finals, they were just going to beat the hell out of the AFC. Yeah, but it can be argued that the same thing occurred when the Bulls were in their dominant phase, right? So the Bulls basically had seven or eight years where the Eastern Conference, everybody was competing at such a high level to take out. I mean, because Cleveland was actually pretty decent then. Detroit was incredible. Boston was solid. Uh, I mean, there were some great teams over there. Now, the West has always seemed to me to be typically stronger in the NBA over the last 25 years. Um, and I agree with you. All the you know the travel concerns probably aren't as bad and so forth. But I do like divisions. Uh, I like the idea of getting to play against similar teams that are considered geographic rivals. I like that idea. Um, and maybe that's a little old school. What's really watered it all down, though, is the blatant free agency where people just go wherever. So it's now your loyalty lies with a jersey versus a player. Uh, so you're probably right. In that case, I want to see great basketball being played. And so much as I still love the Bulls, you know, I, it's harder to root for them because of the revolving door of people that are coming in and out. You don't develop those rivalries where you're so looking forward to getting back at the team that got you the year previously. So, so maybe you're right in that case. Well, I just think with the way the system set up below, I mean, Everybody knows AAU is completely ruined the way the basketball is played on this level. I mean, nobody's going to – they want to play with their friends, and I don't blame that. I mean, if I was playing basketball, I'd want to play with my friends. I wouldn't want to play with these other guys. But it's just going to freeze out certain sections of the NBA forever. I mean, I think we all agree, and especially in NHL and um, with basketball, there's just too many teams. Yeah. I mean, it's just a water – and you could get rid of a bunch easily and have a better product, but – these guys want to play together. And, hell, I don't blame them at all. I mean, the only thing that's really left, the only Plinko chip that's left is Gordon Hayward. I mean, today I saw he's visiting Miami, which, by the way, Miami is the team I would play for in the NBA. Uh, ten out of ten times I'd want to play for Miami. Um, you got the state tax gone. Right. So your money is your money. And, I mean, it's Miami. So, uh, And then he, I know he's visiting the Celtics. So it sounds like the Celtics were making – did you see what the Celtics offered – the Pacers last year for that pick at the trade deadline, or for Paul George? No. Four first-round picks, including the Nets pick this year, and the Pacers said no. Wow. So, And at the draft, the beginning of this year, they offered him three first-round picks and Jake Crowder and another player. The Pacers said no. I'm saying, like, wouldn't you want to build the assets? I know Old Depot and those guys are good players, but – I would want to build the assets for my future. And as you can see with what's going on with Boston, I'm sure Boston keeps trading down and making moves, but they have so much in the back end. I mean, I would almost have to say you got to trust the process. Look at the 76ers. I mean, they finally waited all these years that they threw away, which, by the way, they never would have got through LeBron James. And now you can actually see where they have a core of four guys that are super young on low contracts, where if they're good this year, next year they can sign some vets to put on that team that can push them through the playoffs. I I don't get when teams just blank out and just all of a sudden just don't get the return that they should. It, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'll, I'm not a big believer in trusting that process. I've seen Philadelphia mess many things up over the years, but I'll give it to you. So if we take the over-under on this, what do you think? Uh, three years till they're in the Eastern Conference Finals? 76ers? Yeah. Oh, God. I'll bet you... 
Uh, let me think. Yeah, I'll take that. I got okay. I got the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Final in the next three years. Okay, great. All right, mark it down, fans of the podcast, and uh, in the comment section, tell us what you think of that because I think I'm right. So, uh, hey, Jason, let me tell you about my week this week. I, uh, I as I pulled into my garage today, I was at 1,021 miles for the week. I uh, was in West Virginia resetting Rite Aids all week. Um, six Rite Aids in three days. Um, let me tell you the highlights of West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I found a really rare bottle of whiskey at one point. Uh, that's about it. I, I got to tell you, I don't want to. I don't want to go too far into it, but uh, things didn't exactly flow the way they were supposed to. But I will say this, driving through West Virginia, very underrated state. That state is beautiful when you're just going 75 miles per hour through. As soon as you go below 35 and start looking around, my lord. This is one thing about West Virginia, too. When they're done with the house, they don't tear it down. It just stays there forever and just rots to its death. I mean, every other house is just rotting. It is it's just one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And finding a Marriott in West Virginia, I mean, you gotta you gotta throw on an extra thirty minutes because I'm not staying anywhere else. I'm getting those Marriott points. I'm collecting. That's why I'm a platinum member. Uh, you know, I'm just out here doing what I gotta do. But man, have you have you spent much time in West Virginia? No, no. My uh, entire uh, experience with West Virginia is usually, as you said, doing seventy five to hundred miles per hour, going as quickly as I can through that state. There's always some building that looks impressive, I think, as you drive through. Is that whether it's Charleston or I don't even know. It's uh, it's you go over that one rickety bridge. I always think for some reason when I cross it, I always think of of uh, Firewater or Everclear because I thought when I was younger you could get higher uh, proof alcohol in West Virginia. I think that's where they they brought all the uh, was it Evershine or what was that called? No, oh, I know it. All moonshine. Yeah. Moonshine is from West Virginia. Yeah. So that's about all I know of West Virginia. And that's about all as I'd like to actually care about knowing about West Virginia. How about, how about this fun fact? Mountain Dew is actually from West Virginia. Mountain Dew was made. That flavor was only made so they can mix it into their moonshine. Wow. So, so this is a true story. I went to a dinner once in um, West Virginia, a very nice steakhouse. And I asked for a Blanton's and a water. And I was given a Blanton's water and a Mountain Dew. So when the waiter came back for my order, I was like, just out of curiosity, like, why'd you bring a Mountain Dew? And he looked at me like I was an idiot. He was like, <laughs> he's like, this is West Virginia, man. And I was like, yeah, why'd you give me a Mountain Dew? And he's like, oh, everybody here drinks Mountain Dew. And sure enough, as I made my way through West Virginia in the last two years, everywhere you go is Mountain Dew. And uh, just let, let's you know about my healthy diet that I had um, on the run this week. Um, some of my great choices included Taco Bell, nice, um, Arby's, nice, uh, ate at multiple Speedways. Not like I'm not gonna get you like a hot dog from a Speedway, but uh, lots of chips, um, a Dairy Queen, and oh. let me tell you, man, oh, let me tell you, the Dairy Queen that was that was an experience. And I, like me and my buddy, it was just me and him. I mean, we're dropping like twenty eight dollars in this Dairy Queen. I mean, we're getting <laughs> down. I'm having a, I mean, the resets just just wore us out. And then on the last way out, if anybody ever goes through West Virginia, and Jason knows I, I, I honk the horn for this company, Tudor's Biscuit World, man. This place, I've eaten there 15 times in my life, 
every single time never disappoints. Tudor's Biscuit World. Uh, T-U-D-O-R-S. If anybody is in West Virginia, if you're even close, turn the podcast off. Don't do that. I'm kidding. Listen to it in your car. Drive to West Virginia and get a, a Mary B's. A Mary B is what it's called. And get the whole thing because you want that hash brown on the side. It is unbelievable. The crisp on the hash brown. McDonald's dreams they could get this kind of crisp. This crisp would wake you up if you were two rooms away. It is amazing food. I'm 100% sure they use lard to make this food. 100% sure of that. Everybody that works at a Tudor's Biscuit World is over the age of 120. They are not in shape because they eat Tudor's all day. But I will go to bat for Tudor's as the best breakfast sandwich on the planet. Nice. Nice. I, uh, so I'm curious. I've heard you talk about Tudor's. I've seen a few of your pictures. Do they serve lunch? Yes, they actually do. I got This time around, I got the fish sandwich as well to give it a run. Um, it was nuclear hot like 15 minutes after they brought it out, so I'm pretty sure they also use lard and nuclear waste. Um, it was good, but yeah, they actually uh, own another company called Geno's. They make really crappy pizza. But this is an all-day breakfast place. I mean, it is a world of biscuits. I mean, and there, there's not a bad thing on their menu. Every time I've gone, I get something a little different on top of my Mary B. But man, I, I, right now, I, I drive back to West Virginia just to have it, which I'm going in two weeks, so I'll get to have it again. But the one funny thing is I asked for a hat. I'm like, I love Tudors so much I want a Tudors hat because nobody in West Virginia likes Tudors. It's kind of funny. I don't know why. But uh, the woman told me if I came back on July 7th at 4 o'clock, they're putting an order in for new hats, and I could I could order a hat. <laughs> I'm like, you think I'm driving? Like, I told her I was from Ohio. I'm like, you think? And she's like, honey, don't even worry about it. We'll order you one. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I think I'm just going to have to pass on that hat. And she said I could get a visor as well. So, I, I realize now at this point how significantly different our lives are. Uh, this, uh, you had a, a week of traveling all over you put a thousand miles on your car you ate uh incredibly delicious fast food and tutors biscuits everywhere uh, i didn't get into a to my car this week which is nice something new here in chicago i don't ever drive now so it's either uber or walk which is pretty cool uh and we went and saw we went to second city and went and okay. saw an entire comedy about online dating so Actually, I found was it, it good? Yeah, it was really good, actually. I was, uh, I was amused by, uh, I think I'm just old enough where I kind of missed out on all the online dating, right? So I've been married 10 years with my wife for 12 years now um, and didn't really have online dating. It wasn't very big when, when I was there. So this lady had created in this uh, uh, musical kind of thing, she had created 38 of the most undateable profiles in the world. Uh, and she was doing a social experiment to see how it would turn out. So they had, they came in and they, each actor came in and played the role of one of these 38 undateable things and how many of them were actually engaged by other people who were then trying to get them to either hang out with them or some sexually explicit activity with them. Uh, and so these are just the worst of the worst people in the world. One of the characters was actually a, uh, a throwback actor to the mid 1500s. And she specialized in making bonnets 
for throwback actors. Uh, and she was one of the most successful characters who had probably 500 <laughs> messages of people trying to get with her. <laughs> so, Oh, my God. It was pretty good. It well, was actually good. Online dating is a wasteland, man. You got lucky. But you're Mr. Computer, man. I'm surprised you didn't know some backdoor sites back in the day. No, nah, no, nah, I didn't, didn't go that path, you know. So it was a, it was a different world. So. And don't, and don't forget, Jason, we're not that different, man. You drive an RV. I drive a CRV. We're just guys being dudes, man. Just guys being dudes at the end of the day. You know, something exactly. that did happen this week, though, which has absolutely brought a smile to my face, is the fact that Big Brother is back on television. It's my the summer. The party set. of the summer! Woo! So I'm not sure how many of our listeners actually enjoy Big Brother, uh, but for me, it's that hour or two escape every week of peering into somebody else's life and getting a good chuckle out of it. And I got to say, this year has started with a bang. Banging. Just bang. pots and pans, fireworks, explosions. It's that first night. that They threw everything at the, at the at us they did not give a crap about the the rest of the season they were like we are just going to come out guns blazing it, it's just such an amazing show now the one thing is there's, there's two things with big brother every time it comes on and that idiot guy goes this week on big brother you got to say it with them you have to yeah, and then you and then you always have to remember that julie chen just has her job because of her husband owns cbs she, she's amazing at her job, but I do wish there was one season where they actually put her in the house. Well, she came through the house at the beginning of the show, and I was trying to remember if I've ever seen her walk through the house before. So that was the first I, No. Time. No? That, you're, you're right. No, I'd never seen it. By the way, I missed the first half hour. My bad. But, uh, yeah, I, I hate – I don't want to see when they're, like, at their hometown and they act surprised that they're going to be on Big Brother. Motherfucker, there's five people with cameras surrounding you, and you're going to act like you're surprised that you're going to be on Big Brother? Like, I got a key. Like, no shit. CBS isn't going to spend thousands of dollars to fly out in Des Moines, Iowa, and shoot you with your friends doing stuff that makes absolutely no sense. That would be awesome if they just had a whole bunch of cuts where people got through who thought they were going to Big Brother who actually didn't. So you just I'd watch that show. Oh, I'd love that show. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I know you get involved and so do I. And I always try to do my pick very early of who I think has got the greatest chance to win in Big Brother. Um, and this year, um, it was pretty easy for me. I, I went to him almost within the first 20 minutes. I've got my pick. Uh, and Wait, hold on. I, we, we, we have not said this. We have to say it at the same time because I have my pick. He's a slam dunk. Okay, so my pick. Uh, Wait, hold on. Hold on. we got to say okay, it at the same on time. On the count of three. Three, two, two. one. Matthew. Matthew. There we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. That was not planned out. That was not planned out. He is the perfect specimen for Big Brother. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He's got the uh the silver hair. Uh so he looks older than he is and wiser. He has the ability to shift between multiple groups. So he's physically fit, so he's already hanging out with the psycho marine guy uh and the incredible hulk. Yes. So he's got that built. So he's got the guys group, but he already has the eye of a lot of the women. Oh, a lot of the women. A lot of the, I think some of the dudes are thinking about flipping teams. This guy <laughs> is he's 33 and he's silvered foxing. This guy has that is incredible. And when they did the little like cut in with the women talking about him, every single woman had something to say about him. So he's automatically going to have protection going that way. That is so key in this game. And he plays 
of what we've seen so far, which has only been a couple of days, his game is so chameleon. You don't notice him. Like, yeah. I'm always like, where's that guy? Like, where's he at? You just don't notice him. And when you walk in the house, that's so key. I mean, we can talk about Cody. He's the guy that's dominating the game right now. You don't walk into the game and start dominating the game and just completely being an ass to people. Or looking so like you, a psycho. I mean, the dude, one time when they were all laughing and partying and he was staring the thousand mile stare. I mean, I get that look, but that's after like 55 drinks. That guy <laughs> was stone sober and was just staring at people like, I will murder you all on live TV. Yeah, that's not a good look. So do you, you want to go through some of the names here? And we'll, uh, we'll break them down. Sure. What sure. we think of these people. Sure. So we got to start start. with uh, Christmas, right? It's Christmas. Woo, man. Jingling. Fucking this girl. I'll tell you what. Right now, it's Christmas season at my household. Oh, is it? Woo. (laughs) Woo. She has a million followers on Facebook or on uh, Instagram. She's a physical I got a million million one. Million (laughs) one right here. (laughs) She's uh, an amazing physical specimen who focuses on CrossFit and modeling. Uh, so just your typical run-of-the-mill girl. Uh, yeah. So yeah. They, they missed a huge opportunity to eliminate her. They should have done that uh, on week one because she's going to be physically strong and she's going to have all the guys' attention. So, again, most people that come to win Big Brother uh, fail to make wise decisions at the very beginning of the game, and it always cost them. To me, this was the biggest mistake was not eliminating her early if I was trying to win Big Brother because she's going to be a threat. She's hot. She's smart. Uh, my, my, my one thing, and that's, that's the key, the last thing you said. She is very smart. Um, she, two people voted to vote her out, and she was like, I, I don't care that I stayed. I just want to know who the two people were that voted me out. So she's in the game. I will say one thing. For the guys that are going to team up with her, she's okay to have hang around because she is a threat. Um, so that one side doesn't bother me. But the other people, my God, I would do anything to get her out. I mean, she is going to be – just you can't stop someone like her. She's automatically now in the last six in my mind. Oh yeah, and, and I think Com- the, competition beast, competition beast. Yeah, and that the Jillian girl, the blonde girl that was sitting next to her along with Cameron, uh, she she nailed it on the head. She goes, "I can't beat her," so that's why I want to go to uh, a vote. So she's smart enough to know that, uh, which I, I, I see that's going to be useful for her. Uh, unfortunately, she's going to be slaughtered like a lamb here in the next probably three or four weeks. Uh, Jillian is trash. She yeah. is the worst kind of big brother player. She came in. She's already cried 37 times. Like, you're, you're gone. You're out. I, I, that's, that's it. We're not talking about her again. Now, the worst big brother player has to be Josh. I can't stand. You get the overaggressive Rico Suave Cuban guy who's a mama's boy who started crying and attacking people within 60 seconds of walking into the door. He's like a bad member of like a WWF tag team from like the eighties. Like he just has no game. He, he has, is no, like you said, you said he's a mama's boy. This guy, he'll be out quick. He couldn't wait to put a target on himself. And once again, walk into the house and bl- like blend in like a lamp, like don't do anything in the beginning. Just make some good friendships and just, just be, don't be the guy rocking the boat. And this guy came in. Oof, that's just terrible gameplay. Yeah, I think We're, I think you know one of the guys that I still chuckle at is the uh, f- the dad Kevin, uh, <laughs> the, the stay at home dad, the fifty five year old guy from Boston. He doesn't know the game. He's never watched the show. My like favorite part ever was when he was asking, 
who is that? <laughs> They're like, that's the winner of last year's season. He's like, all right, like, no problem. <laughs> yeah. But I'll say this: he's had he, his line. He, he's great for TV. Awesome. His lines have been really good. And by the way, he's the only person right now that has any money in their pocket. The man won twenty five thousand dollars the first night. He's got seven kids. He beat out a lot of people hitting that button. So I got to give credit to Kevin on this, but he's great TV. The guy can't wait to take his shirt off and he's the last guy on the show should be taking his shirt off. And he just says the craziest shit at all times, but it kind of ends up being like kind of smart. Yeah. I think he's going to go much further than we expect. He's my sleeper for making he's it a, into the final five. I, I completely agree with this because he's a no threat. No yeah, threat at all. No threat. So and- uh, I got to go ahead and jump into my, our boy, Paul. <laughs> So everybody, if you don't watch Big Brother, they bought, brought a guy back from last year. It's just too much. It's this this Big Brother was afraid of ratings, so they clearly brought this guy back because Big Brother they, or CBS doctors this game a lot as the game goes on. I don't like them bringing Paul back. Where do you come out, Jason? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I uh, let me state this. I like Paul. I thought he was great in last year's uh, deal. He's because I hated him to begin with and was impressed by how much he manipulated everything and was able to stick around to the very end. I think he kind of got robbed by losing Big Brother because I think he he was a much better player. But, you know, the wherever the cards fall at the end of that, that's fine. Did not like the fact that uh, they brought him back in as a player at this point because it's just Paul being Paul. Uh, and and the cast, if they're somewhat intelligent, will eliminate him quickly. Uh, the crazy Marine Cody, who's a psychopath, is the only one that seems to be relatively smart and tied in and says, I got to get rid of this guy. And I think he's just doing it because he wants to basically murder and eat everybody. Um, yes. But yeah, Paul is, uh, I, I like him, but I didn't need him in this year's batch. No, no. And the one thing is, is interesting is the Mark guy. Uh, Mark is Gronk Jr. I mean, this yeah. guy is just amazingly built dislocates his finger during a competition his team still wins the competition he stays strong but his mind is he he wanted to like work with paul i'm like you got cody and you got matt like you don't want to bring paul along paul knows the being comfortable in that house i think is the hardest part getting in there and actually having your mindset to play the game while you know there's nine cameras shooting you at all angles you clearly can't say anything dumb after what we had four seasons ago when people were being racist openly racist on the show to be comfortable is such a powerful thing and paul is 100 i bet paul is more comfortable in that house than he is in reality oh sure absolutely i mean that's his sweet spot for him right now i mean and and if if anybody was smart they would probably try to either one, either team up with him while at the same time trying to get him out or two, just get the entire house organized to get him out of there and just say, hey, this is our season. Get rid of this guy. We all know he's really good. If you're here to win, all of or all the other, what, 16 of us that remain need to get together and say, hey, this guy's got to get out of here. So, but it'll be an interesting season. I like it. I liked, uh, I was surprised how they eliminated a person at the very beginning uh, they got rid of Cameron, which is weird because you usually keep the scientific nerd dude around for uh, at least six or seven episodes. I it was like they were. I think they have like some new shooting for the Big Bang Theory, and I think that guy's on that show. So they were like, we got to get Cameron off as fast as we can. I mean, it was a bad play by the house, but then again, nerds do well. So it is a an early shot taken by the jocks to go, hey, you know what? 
we got to get this guy out. And by the way, some of these jocks that are on here are actually pretty smart. I think the biggest shocker of Big Brother 19, it's the year of the boobs. Oh, lots of boobs. Lots, lots of boobs. Of, for being on CBS, I am shocked at the amount of just – and, like, they, like – they, like, make jokes about it. It's, like, almost – like, I could see how someone could – like, a woman could watch it and be like, why are they joking around this much about all these girls with their – showing their boobs? Yeah, I think it's uh, from Jessica to Elena to Dominique – uh, it is just a sex pot of boobs that are being displayed nonstop, uh, which I think maybe they've seen a little higher upkick in the male viewers. And so they're really attacking with every sexuality that they could possibly go after. And I'm not going to be upset with that. I enjoy the, I, will, uh, I, I won't even lie to you. I was with someone who doesn't watch the show and Elena came in and he was like, what's going on? Like, what's this show? I mean, uh, it, that, I mean, it does catch on, but it's just so weird because it's CBS yeah. and CBS tries to be that, you know, we're going to get that 55 to 65 demographic, even though all we do is show murder mysteries and every, the whole world's falling to pieces. Yeah. Oh, and, and 60 minutes is on next. So. <laughs> It'll be an interesting season. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this shakes down. So officially on the record, we both have Matt winning this and this is our early pick from the you know, after watching the first two episodes, uh, before there was any eliminations, I had Matt as my number one guy. It sounds like you did as well. Oh, so yeah. just to kind of sum this up, give me your top three. Uh, uh, as the game constitutes right now. As it is right now, give me your top three. See, this, I want to say Christmas so bad, but I don't think it's going to work that way for her. I th think she's going to get, I think she's someone who could get her, get herself in some tough situations. So I got Matthew. Matthew really likes Jessica. No, excuse me. Cody likes Jessica. So I'm going to go Matthew, Cody, and Jessica right now. Okay. I'm going, uh, yeah, I guess completely different. I'm going to take Matthew. Uh, I am going to add Christmas. And I'm going to bring in probably, this is a tough one. It's either going to be Mark or Alex. Um, it depends on how much that geek squad holds together, but she seems to be a very tough female competitor. Uh, and I think as they start to eliminate some of the nerds, if that's what happens, I think she'll be the last one to hold on. Uh, cause I think she can port her personality into those other groups. So I kind of have a dark, uh, I, I also like, of course, Kevin and my other dark horse is Jason, the rodeo. Clown. <laughs> Woo! Okay, this guy is crazy, man. Did you wait? Hold on. Did you read the bios before the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody's everybody. For anybody who doesn't know, you can go on like two weeks before and kind of scout who's going to be on the show. I actually I run a fan. This is so embarrassing. I run a, a fantasy league with some uh, some of my coworkers. So we actually keep like a point system, and you get to pick three, and you get two random people put on your team. And uh, so, like I said, it'll be like, what's your favorite activities? And it'll give like three or four sentences. Jason's favorite activity was rodeo. End of sentence. There was nothing else. This guy is a rodeo clown, and that's all he does. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I think what got me was they said, if you could take three things into the house, what would it be? And his number one thing was his bull. Not his wife, not his child, but his bull. That was going to be it. And a trampoline, I think, was another one of the things that he was hoping to have brought in. So it, Maybe he knew it was the year of the boobs. Maybe. Maybe year of the boobs <laughs> is the year of the trampoline. <laughs> And then uh, you bring a bull in there. I mean, that's a game changer. 
No one's ever brought a bull in a big brother. He's got a point there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this uh, uh, season shakes out. And I'm sure we'll get back to it every once in a while during the podcast. So, let's kind of end this podcast. Tell me, what are your big, big plans for this three-day, four-day weekend other than standing on your balcony and watching the fireworks go off without listening to any radio in the background. Oh, I tell you, Jason, if I hear any radio, I'm going to lose it. Uh, today I'm, since I'm just getting back from the, from West Virginia, I'm playing catch up. Uh, I have no idea what I'm gonna do today. Tomorrow, hanging out with mom, definitely going to go, uh, go to Easton, go spend some money, go have some fun over there. Then Monday, man, I actually work a little bit on Monday and then uh man we're gonna be rocking and rolling over here red white and boom all American stone cold Steve Austin I have some turkey coming from honey baked ham we're gonna have Doritos because you know I need my Doritos we're gonna have some Cheetos because you know I need my Cheetos and I have some Fritos because you know I need my Fritos (laughs) and there's gonna be some bourbon fireworks no radio if you're coming to my place you bring radio I'm gonna be pissed at you so those are my oh and by the way I'm off the rest of the week after that so it's just gonna be lounging for me, man. Bringing in the uh, bringing in the, the 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 fun Fourth of July season, which really I think brings in summer. So yeah, I agree. I agree. So this is uh, similar activities. Just looking to have a little fun, enjoy the sun, relax, hang out with some friends, drink some beers, have a hot dog, listen to the radio, get into some fireworks, try to uh, maybe play a little uh, a little slam can or maybe uh, a little foosball or a little cornhole just some sort of activity to enjoy ourselves but nothing too much hey don't don't sleep on this too next friday spider-man comes out time to get your tickets all righty well jared it's been another wonderful podcast with you i appreciate it and i look forward to uh, catching up with you again soon have a great fourth of july everyone we'll talk to you later take care